Hi everybody, I'm Ravi. This is the Digital Help Experience. Let's go. Welcome to the Digital Health Experience. Yes, yes, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of the Digital Health Experience. We are so glad that you're going to be joining us today. I don't know about you, but we are so excited for this. Okay, first things first, introductions. I'm Ravi, a pharmacist and a purveyor of intriguing technology. And with me is my good friend, fellow healthcare professional and all-round top bloke, Iqbal. Hi, nice to meet you guys. I work with Ravi at the moment and worked previously with Ravi as a technician at Northampton General at the moment. Uh, I am, I guess I'm just curious and new to the whole hospital life at the moment, so kind of excited, excited about all the new developments that are going to be happening that have happened with my good friend Ravi. Sweet. You had a nice day off, Iqbal? I have, yes. I haven't been doing much, but um, a couple of little bits, some errands, running a few errands, um, thinking about CPDs that will have to be done at some point. Nice, nice. Yeah, Just I in case the GPHC are listening. I'm sure they are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they are, I am very much up to date. There's no need to look this way. <laughs> <laughs> So as the name of the podcast implies, uh, the digital health experience will be based around both of our passions for health and healthcare services in general. Um, now I think it's time to do our first disclaimer, which is that although the show will be about digital health, I think it's fair to say that me and Iqbal have a little tendency to travel down some tangents in conversations. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I hope that you can sit back, enjoy the conversation and uh, most importantly get involved Get in touch with us on Twitter using the hashtag DigitalHealthX and I'm sure we'll manage to put some links in the descriptions of the show. Uh, one more thing left to say, as mentioned again, this is our very first show and uh, we're still trying to figure things out so your patience is appreciated. Um, in return, we're going to bring you news, opinions and interviews with digital innovators, healthcare professionals and anyone else who can add value to uh, your listening pleasure. All we ask is that you get involved. You can rate us. Um, if you don't like us, slate us. We don't care. The most important thing to do uh, is to begin having well-intentioned and hopefully fun conversations about the future of our healthcare service. Um, if you're not a healthcare professional, don't worry. Uh, we'll also probably reach some tangents that uh, yeah, you'll that be able to relate to <laughs> as well. <laughs> so uh, let's get on to today's episode. It's episode one, Foundation Year. So uh, I think it's a good idea to start the shows off with um, a quick baseline test. So uh, Iqbal, what do you think, or what does digital health mean to you? Digital health to me means, it's, for me it's technology being applied to a patient's health and well-being. Um, there's, it's very obvious that the market is going that way now. Um, it it's completely surrounds us just little things like even I just got a new phone a month ago and one of the things that's on the front of it automatically is how many steps I'm doing yeah 100% and Apple's watch Apple's uh, watches I, I think Google recently got uh, their permission to do the same ECGs as well so you'll see them in the Android watches as oh, well oh are they so yeah across the board it's, it's coming in isn't well, it well yeah I mean it, when I look around at work the amount of people I see with Fitbits now yeah um it's fair to say in the recent years, people are becoming a lot more health conscious um, as at the same time technology is picking up. 
Yeah. So the two are going pretty well hand in hand. Mm. Um, just people are more conscious of what a normal heart rate should be, um, what their blood pressure should be, what is just nutrition even, what's saturated, what's unsaturated, etc. So um, especially with digital um, healthcare, there's a lot of innovations I think have, are coming in and are definitely due to come in that I think can really yeah really um, help us do our jobs yeah for easier. sure for sure it's interesting because um, the who is this this is the first link on Google the definition of digital health by Paul Sonnier I hope I said that right Paul if you're listening uh, but definition of digital health digital health is the convergence of digital and genomic revolutions with health healthcare living and society it's also helping to reduce inefficiencies in healthcare delivery improve access reduce costs increase quality and make medicine more personalized and precise mm. i think that's that's pretty much hit the nail on the head there hasn't it yeah i think um the interesting thing about what you said Iqbal, and digital health um affecting maybe consumers more i think the adoption of technology is obviously so much easier between a business and consumers rather than business to business mm. um, which i guess that's what the nhs with class says so when you look at um, apple for instance the purchasing power of each individual to buy one an iphone i mean the new ones are extortionate but uh, people still buy them it's amazing <laughs> Oh, yeah. the Android guy. I'm just going to put that out there, people. That's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the the ability, ability of companies like Apple to bring out these healthcare-related apps, technologies, um, has been taken up vastly quicker, I think, than technology within the NHS. I mean, there's obviously different reasons for that as well. Like, I think we could sit here all day and talk about why... Um, it's so difficult to get into the NHS risk analysis and things like that mm. making sure that you have basically an evidence base to show that the, the technology is better than current traditional methods I guess yes mm. but that's the interesting interesting thing is that there's a lot of skeptics of technology but there's yeah. not many people saying let's go back to paper because what they're using right now is working but there was a time when that was the new thing. Yeah. So it's very easy to criticise new innovations that are happening because it does, it will make a change to your day-to-day -day life. A massive what change. What you've gotten used yeah. to, what you're comfortable doing. Of course. But you have to remember there was a time, like I said, paper was a comfortable thing. And I'm sure those people weren't very happy about using a computer. Um, but if I'm honest, in my workplace now, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine... Checking off a paper. Checking TTO. off a paper TTO or... I and mean, we still get the occasional ones, but just not having a system in front of me that has everything everything there, a BNF, a calculator, a, you know, drug charts, sure. it's all on the screen in front of me. Um, and that was something that was new not so long ago. Yeah. So with all the new stuff that's coming out, um, one of the changes that happened in community pharmacies were, I think everyone's gone electronic now. Sure. I think they still write, like your dentist still write their paper prescriptions for yeah. metronides or ibuprofen. And that's the EPS. Yeah, uh, I think electronic they call prescription it, service yes. by the NHS. Yeah, I think that's what they call yeah. it, yeah. 
And they've had a really good uptake. So 95%, I'm sure one of you listeners will be able to correct me on that. Yeah, please tweet us. <laughs> yeah, please get involved. But yeah, it's um, it's been like a huge adoption that. I wonder how long it's taken, like when people first thought, let's make every single prescription electronic. Like when the first thought of that was. If I know anything about the NHS, I imagine the idea to it being put in the first pharmacies was a bit of a gap. <laughs> sure there's a lot of uh, jurisdiction you had to go Red through tape. Yeah. and pay for and yeah, That's it. meetings. Well, I think uh, one of our guests coming up in a few episodes time, uh, it might even be the next one, um, will be able to shed a lot of light getting into the NHS because he has started his own company and now has um, his app, Medic Bleep, running within a couple of hospitals. Um, so yeah, if you're interested in getting your technology or understanding how technology is kind of integrated within the NHS. Stay tuned for next week's show or the next show. Next show. Next show. Still trying to figure out our time. Absolutely. Stuff, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Igbal, question. Fire away. What is the biggest piece of technology or what piece of single piece of technology has impacted your working practice in the biggest way? Um... If I think the fact that I can use so many apps on my smartphone wow, to help with my job, yeah, um, I mean, just the BNF being on there, um, even apps like Induction, who just help me, well, it makes it a lot easier to contact Ward and stuff. Yeah, so what is Induction? How does so it work? Induction is, I'll, I'll be honest, I just downloaded it a couple of days ago and used it once at work. Um, but it helps me, you just type in what hospital you're working at and all the wards come up and all the bleep numbers and um, extensions. Oh, and then you go to a secure telephone dial in the number. Um, but it's helped a lot. Yeah, of course, I can imagine. Because there's so many, you'd be surprised how many bits of paper and post-it notes are scattered all over the place of yeah. new names and new ward. A freshly laminated contact numbers. list. Yeah. There's a little sticker at the bottom or yeah. permanent marker. The day the after because they got something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> which happens all the time it's amazing um, but this app has really helped and obviously the BNF makes a massive difference yeah. not carrying that book that, you know massive book around yeah. um, the other thing like I was saying because I worked in community for a little while yeah. and I remember the change from paper to uh, electronic prescriptions mm. and one of the best things were so every now and then you'd get someone who'd come down from say Birmingham visiting their relatives yeah but they forgot their prescription what they can do the beauty of electronic prescription community was call their gp say which pharmacy it is and they can electronically shoot it down some wires use that myself when i was uh up north oh you did yeah yeah okay i needed to get a, a prescription uh, like a repeat okay and it was it was easy i mean luckily uh, in my lunch break managed to make a phone call to the to the surgery and by the end of the day, the prescription was ready, waiting for me, like, what, 200 miles away? At the local community yeah, pharmacy? Yeah, at my local community pharmacy while I was up there. Wow. So, yeah, like, the beauty of it really does stand out. Now, you're a guy who loves his gym, his athleticism and all of that. <laughs> what piece of technology, if any, has impacted, well, the digital health, I guess, has impacted your training? Because I know that's something that we're going to try and get someone on board for uh, to interview a sports nutritionist um, yeah or maybe even a, a boxing coach something like that um, if I'm honest I think it's just the wealth of knowledge that we have out there now 
Um, so not want any single piece of technology, but the internet, perhaps, I suppose. Yeah, because I, I mean, I'm a little bit more old-fashioned than yourself, where I, I basically just have Facebook, and that's pretty much it, and I use email to work. But there are things that I... Um, a couple of little websites I go to, and, and one of the modern things that everyone's doing now is this whole intermittent fasting thing. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have found out all the information around it if I didn't have um, yeah. a little computer in my pocket. Interesting. Um, otherwise, there's you know all the little apps that remind me about meals. Yeah. Um, about the steps that I'm doing. Just the fact that my smartphone does so much. Yeah. In my pocket, um, is definitely what the biggest help is you know that I've had. Sure. Yeah, I like um, in the gym side of things. Yeah, of course, say. of course. Which is a big, big side of. Big side of you, isn't it? Big part of my day, yeah. <laughs> my, my favourite part of the day. <laughs> yeah, for me, like being on the wards, EPMA has has transformed it for me, really. Yeah. Like, um, the biggest example I can give is people accessing the notes at both, uh, both at the same time. Like, not having to chase for notes is incredible. Do you know what I mean? Like, not yeah. having to look for the physical file see what's going on even the drug chart so um that's been pretty cool and it's nice that you can use those systems um as your own check almost so there's often things that i always wanted to catch up with so i'd write down on a piece of paper on a handover sheet and the next couple of days i'd go maybe another pharmacist being on the ward i don't have the handover sheet etc with epma when you're in someone's record you can leave a note on there mm. so you can check that person's gentamicin level in a day's time or two days time or you can put a note to remind yourself that this patient needs all their medicines when they get discharged um, and communicating in between well so communicating between doctors and pharmacists nurses like it's vastly easier because if you're a locum like me and you're going to loads of different hospitals let's say and you're on any particular ward at any time yeah, take you don't a while have to, to know who's who. Exactly. You don't have the time to kind of figure out who is who and then find out the nurse looking after this patient. Yeah. As much as I'd like to, because I think it's great to get to know your team around you, but course, the, kind yeah. of, the current pressures don't allow it. So being able to just send a note to whoever that patient's nurse is, irrespective if you know them or not, and it comes up pharmacist, Ravi, speaking to the nurse, um, make sure that you crash and disperse this tablet or whatever it is before mm. you administer it. So yeah, that's been a massive change. I think that's made working on the wards a little bit more efficient. I mean, don't get me wrong, like technology, we all love it, but it, it never just works. No, of course, it's still controlled by us. Yeah, Gucci. and there's always <laughs> issues. Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things that I've noticed is, uh, especially in a hospital that has full EPMA, how slow the system can get. Okay. It makes you wonder about the IT infrastructure behind it and things like that. Yeah. But... Um, in terms of in terms of digital health, yeah, EPMA has been has been incredible. Yeah. Mm. Well, the great thing about EPMA is um, in the dispensary, we so I've I've worked in uh, a different trust where it wasn't as easy to find out why this is happening or why a certain note. What th there's no reason behind the notes. Yeah. Uh, and the beauty of EPMA, when I'm on a check-in bench, I can see straight in front of me. I can see how many doses they had. If they've missed a dose, if the what the allergies are, it all gets updated in real time. Sure. Um, so that's the beauty of technology. 
so the bit that sometimes brings it down is the fact that the, that technology, the information has to be put in by humans. Yeah. And that's the bit that some it doesn't always go to plan or someone forgets. I mean, it's obviously human error is it's a big part of who we are, but um, that's the bit that sometimes holds it back. For sure, for sure. Because you're only as good as the information that you have in front of you. That's it. Um, and these systems are only as good as the data they're fed. Yeah, of course. I mean, they feed off what we know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how it works. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes it can get a bit... Um, it can get a bit... Well, maybe there's a common misconception mm. that technology will suddenly make all of us great professionals, great, well, great healthcare professionals, rather. Mm. Whereas I think this just has a ability to enhance us, perhaps. Yeah, I think so. You've got to still have that basic set of skills, that understanding, um, which I think makes it actually quite interesting. The whole, you know, further down the line as digital health progresses and the whole AI kind of aspect of it, yeah. and, you know, machines starting to make more and more decisions. So, one of the biggest worries that people have with that, which is, is you'll hear this, is well, where does that leave us? Does that mean we're going to have less doctors, less nurses, less pharmacists, less yeah. technicians, less uh, healthcare assistants? You've got to remember Which is a fair question. question. Yeah, it's, their, it's their livelihoods, isn't it? Of course, yeah. Especially when you have your, say, you know, your more experienced professionals. Yeah. They are, can kind of understand the, why they're a bit wary of this system. Yeah, but at the, uh, at the fundamental level, I think there will always be a need for healthcare professionals because... These systems are, like we said, are only as good as the data that we provide them. Mm. So therefore, we have to start creating better ways of understanding what data is needed, yeah. first and foremost. And then the second thing to understand is that all of us have, wherever we live, um, we have different healthcare needs, population needs, right? So the work that one pharmacist does in one particular area of the country, I mean, the dream would be that it's made available to everybody. Mm. Um, and easily integratable, but at the same time, it can be adapted or teams from your local vicinity or other ones can still have the opportunity to develop their own kind of applications that fit their local population better. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like in a, in a city like where we are, a lot of young people, you know, their elderly population probably isn't as high as somewhere like... Um, Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Yeah. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. Bournemouth. And, that, and that's something that, you know... I think can put a lot of people's minds at ease as well because I think at the end of the day what technology when we were talking about it at least it it's very helpful in automating certain processes yeah and as a healthcare professional I mean if you disagree with us you know what to do get in touch but for me personally for the stuff that can be automated doesn't appeal to me that much I would rather let something do the repetitive tasks over and over again that yeah. allow me to actually use my skills and, and knowledge to improve or build upon, create, yeah. whatever Think it is. more naturally. Exactly. Now that thought actually brings us on very nicely to our next topic, which was going to be a few uh, news articles, uh, developments that we've read that particularly caught our eye. And the one that caught my eye was um, the uh, introduction of a new digital unit in the government called NHS X, which will okay. look to rapidly innovate or rapidly implement innovation throughout the NHS. So going back to where we thought, you know, we'll probably still have a job in 20 years because technology won't be that great. Something like this could rapidly accelerate the kind of 
um, evolution from a human-based service, I guess, predominantly, to okay. a much more technological healthcare service, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting because as I've been reading about it, when I heard about it, I originally thought it was a good idea. But I guess some people are seeing this as um, maybe just another ploy to begin the privatisation of the NHS. And uh, I think there was an article today that kind of mentioned how maybe some of this work should have been done by NHS England. And the NHSX um, is a venture that basically brings in more private companies, which essentially it does. Um, but to be fair to the actual innovators, I mean, I think a lot of them probably come from within the NHS. And I don't think that any of those guys have the intention to destroy the service that we all work for um, through privatisation. I think a lot of them have actually just come up with these ideas that make their working lives easier and just want a way to implement that. So I really hope uh, the NHSX can really help facilitate that. Quick question for you, Iqbal. Mm. And I don't want to spend too much time on it. Right. But would you prefer a human to make these decisions, healthcare decisions? Let's say you're in hospital and uh, you need a, a, a drug, you need, you need common healthcare services. Would you prefer that to be done by a human or would you not care as long as a machine did it to the same level? Um, I think I would want, depending on what it is obviously, um, I would want the most accurate, and a lot of the time it is a machine, yeah. I mean, it, we, they are just better than us to be honest, Yeah. Um, but the issue with that is, I mean I think us humans are very, we need human interaction. Um, that's part of what makes us feel better, isn't it? I that's suppose. kind of that's part of healthcare. Bit of TLC. Yeah, I, I mean, the way you are with people is a big part of healthcare, massive part of healthcare. Yeah. You can't all be like house MD and walk around with it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> walk around like you know it all, but not have your humans. You need human skills in the real world environment. Yeah, of um, course. Because you'll just get the most out of your patients and ultimately get a better patient-centered care. Definitely. Um, having said that, there are. I mean, I. I can't see myself as because I'm very much um, a believer of what we're achieving at the moment, um, and I can see technology getting to a point where it would probably come up with a better answer um, mm. regarding my health, just because the amount of volume, the amount of data you can calculate in one go, yeah. then perhaps a human can. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I think my answer is a bit of both, if I'm honest. Sure. What about you? What would you? Oh, I don't know. Whenever I'm ill now, like I need, I need my mum to come <laughs> come look after me. You know, I don't know what you mean. Yeah. I don't want like a nurse three thousand robot coming over. Yeah. And saying how are you and stuff like that wouldn't work. I don't think. <laughs> so yeah, I agree. Like tender loving care is, is definitely needed. That human touch, um, I think, definitely has a massive impact on the patient to know that there are like that your nurse is attentive, and you know your doctors asking you questions and kind of making you involved in care right yeah, i think when you're in hospital that can make a massive difference to the way that you feel you've been treated and hopefully that kind of knocks on to your kind of health yeah because i think a lot of part well, as we're seeing a massive drive in kind of mental health awareness um and i think 
like mental health is something that needs to be looked at across all aspects of life mm. you know like even down to the way that you tr- you treat other people within your profession you know or or your patients for instance because that can have a massive impact on your mental health and it's being proven now that mental health directly impacts your physical well-being and health so um yeah i think i'd have to agree with you it's definitely a bit of both at least right now um i think the the kind of care aspect within always be human yeah yeah whereas i think like you said if there's a there's a machine that can accurately diagnose and then come up with the the correct treatment yeah, I could then, see that being better. Yeah. yeah, because the amount of times that you speak to a, a consultant and you ask why they, why they prescribed Taz, for uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a respiratory tract infection or, or pneumonia when the patient is isn't too bad, you know, oral medications will suffice. But they're, all, it's a lot of not necessarily gut feeling, but it's just something they've always done. Yeah, it's the answer they came up with a years of collecting and, data. And what's the highest probability of it being that? Yeah, but not even... Maybe it's more to do with the fact that they're just very set in their ways, I think. And as new data comes out, like, you don't need IV antibiotics for certain types of infections or whatever. Mm. You can suffice with all, you know, IVs, oral switches and things. Um, and I think where the advantage of technology can be in that is it won't have any kind of bias towards one. It will just look at the data in front of it and say, what is right, this or this? And it'll go with the one that's, you know, trust guideline, trust policy, yeah. whatever it is. Um, and I don't think that's too far away. Because we're getting really close to the point where we can create the kind of databases that are needed to house all of that information. Yeah. And, um, you know, buzzword alert, AI, machine learning is beginning to pick up. Especially with the likes of Google, IBM, um, Apple, and uh, of course Amazon. They've all entered the healthcare sphere. And what makes them companies, the, the big companies special is they don't just sell well and do all of that. A lot of the data they collect, they use to improve their services. Now, all of the stuff about selling data aside, like that's obviously completely wrong, but using it to improve your own services with the consent of people is... Might be a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. And what my hope for the NHS X is, is that they can actually create a uh, a standard you know how you get like mobile phones yeah and you know 5g standards 4g standards and they basically say well these are the rules that you need to operate in you know these are the type of signals this is the type of security and then what you need the nhs x can do can have the oversight of saying right all of the applications that plug into nhs data or, or give data to the nhs need to do it in this format yes and then very quickly you can then begin to build your own model models, computer models, analyses, things like that. Because you know all the data that you're going to receive yeah. is going to fit nicely together. It's going to be easily filterable, uh, easily searchable. I mean, I know a bunch of pharmacists um, looking, and doctors as well, you know, using old style Excel spreadsheets. <laughs> and while they work, and it's great, when you've got a population or in the tens of millions that you're treating on a yearly basis. Yeah. Excel spreadsheets ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> yeah, that's where it's going now. <laughs> the population growing. So yeah, that's uh, that's my little bit about the NHSX. Uh, yeah, I mean the only thing that worries me about the um, the it going because it the shift towards 
AI is getting greater. Yeah. The only thing that worries me is, I mean, there's, there's certain people in the community that it's part of their day going to the pharmacy, going to the post office, be, sure, speaking to the absolutely. people, etc. And if the human part is taken out more and more, like, where does that leave us as, as a society? Like, do we, I mean, I mean, it's one of the things that people complain about a lot, like these kids on their phones, you know, they're not going out to play. It's a bit, yeah. become a bit of a cliche. But me with my old fashioned kind of half point of view, I could sort of see why some people would find that a bit odd. Where I, it being completely digital. Yeah. I don't think you can really stop that though, because it's what, unfortunately, it's what people want. Yes. Yeah. I suppose you wouldn't be happy otherwise. Look yeah. at the high street. Amazon versus VHS. VH who? Exactly, yeah. yeah that's and, a very good point. And, you know, you can't stop the demands or the what the consumer likes. At yeah. the end of the day, we're all trying to make it easier for patients. Um, and if you're a community pharmacy or you do private prescriptions, they're, they're a client, they're a customer, right? Um, and a patient as well. Please don't get upset by that. <laughs> um, but I think the other important thing to understand is well maybe not understand i think the other important thing to consider is that just as our jobs have evolved from the classic pharmacist wearing a lab coat and a technician yeah, uh, I mean, constituting almost every med exactly yeah. our jobs have already evolved so when it comes to ai taking over or technology in general taking over that kind of bit where humans maybe struggle for capacity, knowledge, experience, um, ability at the end of the day, there are always going to be those opportunities to say, okay, well, now the pharmacist doctor isn't taking up all of his time doing this. Can they go and see more patients? Mm. Can they go and have a chat? Do the MUIs, etc. Does the role of a pharmacist change? Of course it does. And it will be the same for everyone else. I think if you can get these jobs to evolve alongside the integration of technology then as a profession and whatever profession you're in you're more able to steer the direction of it so as pharmacists and technicians we know exactly what is repetitive and can be kind of automated like we wish about we wish we could automate certain things at work all mm. the time um, and by having that kind of uh, willingness towards technology or at least you know open to having discussion about it you can say actually that would be quite easy and it would allow me to it would free up my time to go visit this patient or hold more MUR clinics or if you're a GP see more patients whatever it is there's 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 you know two sides to that that penny of do people want AI as part of their care and um, losing that human touch and I think if one of the biggest problems that we have or a lot of the uh, technology pessimists have is that technology will ruin that side of care you know um, and if you're able to think about the bigger picture because eventually whether we like it or not a robot will pretty much be doing all the jobs in the world <laughs> do you know what I mean let's talk two three hundred years time there will be I mean as long as we don't have some kind of apocalypse or something I mean, it could happen, that's yeah good. I know <laughs> Hashtag Trump. <laughs> but I think it's it's one of those things that you have to start saying to yourself, right, well, where can we get a little bit more 
effective, a little bit more efficient. And by by using technology, I think we can we can definitely get there. Yeah, no, I get that. But yeah, I think you're always going to have your naysayers, naysayers, and the let's go and get us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. And if you are one of those man, again, get in touch, please. Yeah, please. Yeah. I think it will be um, really interesting to hear your point of view. Um, and like we said, this is this is a show where it's just trying to create a discussion, and we're kind of learning as we go along about everything as well. Um, yeah. So any kind of views and opinions are warmly welcomed. So guys, I think that's a great place to round off the first episode. Um, again, we'd love to hear from you. So if you've got any answers uh, that you want to share with us um, on those two questions, which were what does digital health mean to you and um, what single piece of technology has had the greatest influence on your work and life, feel free to get in touch with us. Um, again, the hashtag Twitter is DigitalHealthX and we'll be working on getting ourselves up and running on some other platforms. But for now, I think that's it. Really glad you joined us um, and hope to see you again in the next episode. Take care. See you later, guys.